you hanging out with me on this Saturday. So thank you so much for sharing your love and thank you for always being there and hanging out with me because I'm telling you, it is indeed a blessing to be alive. It is indeed a blessing to have the opportunity to be able to share with you and so many others on today. So I am ecstatic. I hope you are ecstatic. Welcome to the grip, fam. Gaining relevant, innovative perspectives. I am your host, David Anthony D. Dove, senior servant leader of the Greater Gas Money. Amy Zion Church, Charlotte, North Carolina. I give much love to my family and everybody. So, man, I'm so thankful uh, every time that we get a chance to hang out. And uh, I got a great show prepared for you today. Man, it's just going to be slamming. So tweet somebody, text somebody, tell them David Anthony with the grip is on. And always remember, you know, check it out. If you can't get me, you know, live like this, always remember that, uh, you know, you can check me out on my Apple podcast, everything. Maybe you missed uh, one and you want to go back and check it out. But nevertheless, you have that opportunity to be able to make it happen. On today, I am so thrilled to have uh, hanging out with me, a uh, friend and a brother that I have known, <laughs> uh, man, for years. Uh, when I first came to the city of Gastonia, North Carolina, I'm probably prior to that time because of our connection with the Amy Zion Church. And I happened to uh, meet this brother uh, by way of my uh, lovely wife, Karen. Um, and uh, we got, uh, we were able to, to make a connection uh, thank you, uh, Bishop Sean Hellbell, for joining me today on The Grip. Hey, I'm glad to be on The Grip with my big brother, and um, I'm excited, man. Just glad to see you, and uh, my sister celebrated her birthday the other, yesterday, I believe. That's correct. Hey, yeah, That's yesterday. Correct. And uh, so, man, we're getting older, and your son, um, I, I want to say to him as well, man, doing some work with Marvin Sapp. And yeah. And I said, okay, I'm going to let Marvin know. I mean, that's Gastonia. Yeah, man. So I'm excited, man, when I saw that. Really good news. Yeah, man. He's he's been uh, doing he's been doing some crazy stuff, man. And so I'm glad things uh, are happening for him. But look at you, man. Every time I see you flying all over the country, you're going all over places. Have you slowed down any? I, I did, man. The pandemic taught me a lot. And okay. I would just say this, ooh, those first six months, it was it was rough in the Bell household. Cause um <laughs> Uh, my daughter, wife, they 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 got on me and said, uh, I was asking questions, why are y'all doing this? And they both said, well, you're not here. So this is our routine. Uh. Said, why are y'all watching this show? And my wife would look at me, well, this is what we watch on Thursdays, but you're not here on Thursdays. Oh, Lord. Oh, so, I, look, the pandemic got me. So I'm like, you know what? Hey, I'm, I've slowed down a lot now. I got you, man. I certainly understand it. But once again, thank you so much. Uh, for joining me today on the Grip Fam. If you just tuned in, I've got Bishop Sean L. Bell with me, who is the senior pastor of Greater Paradise, but he's also a presiding uh, a bishop in the Lord's Church. And he'll talk more about that in a little bit, give us some specifics on how that's going. But uh, we're here today, man, because we, we want to talk uh, just a little bit about the church's responsibility in healing the nation. Mm -hmm. And um, and when I started thinking about you and remembering um, your beginning uh, ministry, when I made contact, you know, at our winter meetings, Amy Zion Church, and then certainly uh, Vestibule and just other stuff, 
you've always had this profound connection or affinity uh, towards um, healing and, and, and believing that it's uh, important. Um, how did that whole connection uh, for healing ministry start uh, for, with you? Well, actually, it is, um, um, uh, Pastor, it, it is, it's in my bloodline. It is, I um, found out years ago that my, my uncle, uh, my grandmother's brother, um, flowed in the tremendous healing power of God. Mm. And my grandmother's, uh, grandmother's brother, that's actually Dr. Alonzo Lynch over at Ebenezer. Okay. His grandfather. Uh, actually had he flowed in miracles and I did not know that and one of my relatives um, who's in her 70s that's still pastoring in Richmond Virginia she said Sean I don't think you know but the mantle from him has hit your generation and you're the selected one so to see the supernatural to see um, I've had three individuals in our church with HIV fully healed mm. no record of it uh, literally seeing persons. I had one lady that lost a $6 million lawsuit because she had stomach cancer. And when they went back in, totally a new stomach. Uh, and I just, I'm just one of those, I still believe in signs and wonders. I still believe on the altar that God can heal. And even with COVID and even with all the other diseases that have hit our lands, I still believe that God is still able to do it. Um, but that has just been a, I guess it was just pulled to me. Even back in the day, you know, I was running from here to there healing services, let's lay hands, let's prophesy. And um, that is just one of the, I found out in my DNA um, that um, that was one of my great uncles. That's what he was known to do from even raising the dead. That that happened. And I, I didn't know even know that. Wow. Because, you know, one of the struggles that we have is, that, you know, we've got some that says, okay, all right, I, I, I believe that in the healing power of God. And then we've got some that would say, okay, I can believe in it to an extent. And then we got a crowd that's like, you know, um, I know Jesus is, but y'all keep all that other stuff far from me um, and, and going forth. Um, but what I hear you saying is that still today, you're believing that God has the power to heal. Even today, um, and I want to just put this out there, I just made a declaration and I'll say it tomorrow, that May is the month of miracles. Ah, my God. I, I have... Uh, four individuals that'll be joining me, Pastor T. Renee Glenn, Bishop Nobles from Africa. Um, every week, um, uh, we will be, uh, on my Tuesday nights, I'm bringing in persons to deal with the word miracles because I believe, so this is timely, Pastor, because the Lord told me several weeks ago that May will be the month of miracles, creative miracles. I'm even having a shut-in at my church to only deal with healing on the 21st of May to deal with the supernatural healing power of God, because I still believe that in spite of this pandemic, it has pushed some of us closer to the altar, mm. closer to rem reminding ourselves that God said that he would do it in the last days. And I believe we're in the last days. I, you know, perilous times. We talked about this in the 70s, 80s and 90s. But I believe we are in those last days that uh, people are going to see creative miracles. There's a revival that is sweeping through this land. And those who have an ear to hear they're tuning in and I want to encourage somebody because some pastors like it ain't going to be the same no our churches won't be the same but let me remind you there is a new remnant coming to your church mm. I'm already seeing it in my services um, I think we've taken in 30 to 40 new people in the pandemic who said you know what I've seen you online I know what God can do 
And I, I, I believe in it, Pastor. I believe in it wholeheartedly. Well, I appreciate you sharing. If you're just tuning in, I've got Bishop uh, Sean L. Bell with me. And I, I'm just encouraged as we talk about, about healing because it's interesting that we have an unknown virus that shows up, but then we're not talking about the healing power of God in the connection to the virus that everybody was just completely waiting for a vaccine. Right. And the church was not really talking about the healing power of God, not that we are not supposed to work through the doctors, but where was the raising of the encouragement that God still heals? Um, and and that, that seemed like it just did not get us moving in the direction that we needed to be in. I'm glad to hear you bring us back to that, that particular place. Um, before we talk more about healing, kind of tell those who maybe have lost contact with you or just are not familiar uh, where you're currently serving and um, how you were elevated uh, in the Lord's church as, as a bishop. Yeah, well, let me just say this too. Um, I don't often get a chance to say this. I went back in my library the other day and pulled out your book from the pulpit, the yellow book. Oh my God, no, and you didn't. Just <laughs> Man, yeah, just to remind myself, and I just want to say a lot of people don't know our connection, and um, and so often with Karen, your wife, I mean, when I was 14 and 15, Karen was, look, that was my sister, that's who I was getting to choir rehearsal with, and I was in you guys' wedding, man, and then and they don't know you were my um, my district conference teacher. That's people don't right. even know that. That's right, man. <laughs> you know, and, I mean, you know, it's a small world, man, but yes, I, I mean, you know, I knew that you were not with when. The first time we had a simulated class and you were up and, and had to preach, man, it was done. Everybody else in the room was like, I can't get up there now. <laughs> and so the, the anointing of God was on you then, man, so powerful and so strong. Yeah. It, it was just amazing. Well, thank you for all that you've done. But in and um, in June, July of 19, the Lord truly blessed us. Um, I am I am just blessed to be under uh, for many persons, um, Bishop Neil C. Ellis, the presiding prelate of Global United Fellowship. And, um, and it was a blessing to have you and, and Karen there to witness that elevation in the Bahamas. And in September, we did the affirmation service. But the Lord has blessed me. I'm the state bishop for Global United Fellowship, about 60 some churches um, that I'm having to cover. And um, God is just tremendously blessed. And then I have my own uh, Sons and Daughters Paradise International Fellowship with Sons and Daughters. Um, so I'm, I'm just enjoying the season. I'm slowly walking into it. Um, the Lord has, he's found favor there. And, um, it, and it, it just amazes me. I, I was I able to leave Gastonia to go to Fort Mill at the age of 18, Indian Hill AME Zion Church. There was some I great there. Indian Hill, man, God blessed us there. And then um, Bishop Johnson, I believe at that time, he didn't want me to leave, but there was a Bishop Milton Williams who was very progressive. Right. And a lady by the name of Gloria N. Snipes and her daughter was Mignon Snipes. Wow, that's Living. right. And um, Dr. Snipes saw me actually at the age of 18 at the Christian Education Convention when I was serving with NC, NC and YC. And, um, and from that point, she brought me to John Wesley Church, John Wesley on the corner of at Washington National in the heart of the hood. Wow. I had never seen it. And many persons don't know this. I can talk about it now. My dad won't get me. He's a little older. My dad did not want me to go to Baltimore. He was like, you've never been raised in the inner city. You're going to be robbed. I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> you know, who's getting in your head? You need to slow down. 
Wow. I said, Dad, God has called me to the inner city. Sean, you don't know nothing about no inner city. You're, you're from Gastonia. I said, wow. he told me to go to the hedges and highways. Wow. We went to John Wesley. And if anybody knew my mom, my late mother, she said, leave and don't look back. She wow. said, what God called you to do. The Lord, you know, of course, now they told me there was going to be 70, 80 people. It was only 30. And we got there. Um, but the Lord blessed us at John Wesley. And um, then from there, as many of you all know, held up annual conference about an hour that day. And I said, Bishop Milton Williams, I got to do what God has called me to do. And the Lord blessed us to go and start Greater Paradise Christian Center in the heart of the city. Wow. So that, that's awesome, man. Congratulations on your work, your elevation, and what the Lord has been doing in your life. But uh, regardless of any type of tag title that anybody gives us, at the end of the day, it's going to be about the work for the kingdom. Yes, sir. It, it is about uh, individuals getting in the grit and in the dirt and making it happen. And every time I see you or pull up a clip on you, something is going on at Greater Paradise. Something is happening. Somebody's coming through. Somebody's saying something between you and Lady Faye. I mean, you know, wow. I mean, it's 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 going down in, in a powerful way. Um, the Derek uh, Chauvin uh, verdict has come down and man, uh, the country has been in shambles. Hmm. But uh, the church has a responsibility. We started talking about healing. And, and there's some brokenness and some broken hearts. And as you are shepherding your own at Greater Paradise and then having to speak into leaders all over the country, what are you saying to them about the church's responsibility in trying to help heal this nation from some of this social injustice and inequality and all of these things that we continue to see happening with people of color and, and African-Americans? Um, thank you. I think this is one of the issues that the church has been silent on. There are only a few uh, leaders that you can see on the forefront. And um, one of the things that has scared me the most is that we have named and claimed, but not have dealt with the mental or the oppression of our minds in our ah. So the healing factor is one, but then there's an emotional side of healing that we can talk about now. Mm -hmm. I believe more than ever before, um, as Pastor Bryant said it not too long ago at our leadership retreat, that the area of us having shepherd care ministry has ended. The day of us having anniversaries have ended. The day now we've entered into mental health ministries. One mm -hmm. of the things that I'm encouraging and that I'm setting up, and I'll give some other exciting news in a few moments that we're doing, is began to really focus on mental health, bridging the gap between community and the organization called the Body of Christ, the church. Mm -hmm. I believe through the pandemic, this has pushed us not only to get out of our four walls, but now to be more of a voice in our communities. I, as you know, man, you've been up here, I'm, I'm in the hood. Yes. So I have connections with our drug dealers. Uh, I talk with our drug dealers. The other week, about a month ago, uh, the cop had pulled one of my guys up about four blocks down. I immediately stopped and I asked, is everything okay? Because I knew the young man. Now, of course he's selling, but one thing that I've learned over the years, the, the drug dealers in my community have really become my security ministry. Mm. We'll make sure nothing happens when it comes to 2900 East Oliver Street. Wow. That trust of relationships, we must get to that conversation of saying, hey, I just don't have my Bible, but I have the love of Christ. I know what you're doing. I'm not accepting what you're doing, but I need to let you know I'm not putting on a mask or a facade. I'm here to say, hey, if you need me, I got you. And I right. think through this uh, pandemic, many of us have been able to get 
frontline to then now bridge the gap with our community and our police. The other day, we were all taking a deep breath waiting for the verdict. Prior to that verdict coming out, I was in a meeting with our police personnel and our city officials embracing because we had Freddie Gray. We went through the rides. I mean, we went through all of that, the burning downs of everything. So we needed to strategically, our task force was already in place. If this verdict is not good, I, are, I understood that night that cities will be burned down tonight. Wow. And, we, and so when we heard the verdict, we all were crying. I was crying because yeah. I could believe this is the first time in history that we got, here it is, a man is found guilty on all three. But right. I encourage those that are watching, don't sit there and wait on your pastor. You become the voice. You become the person in your neighborhood. You yeah. know who's doing which crime. Begin to be the one to say, hey, there's mental illness. Mental illness is it's real. Persons need therapists. A lady called me not too long ago. I'm like, look, I can't solve that problem, but you need a therapist. And right. it's okay to have a therapist. And their pastor's looking at me like, Sean, you anointed. Sean has a therapist. And I love my therapist because I can talk and say, hey, this is me with all of my issues. And I think that is one of the things that's going to heal our land. we got to now step up to the plate and say, pastors, knock your three points. Your three points are going to be, how do I merge community and ministry to fulfill the ultimate um, the calling that Jesus Christ says, go out, therefore make disciples. Because they're uh. making disciples as gangsters. They're making disciples as persons who don't want to come to church. But right. this is the time now that we've taken off our clothes and now we've gotten into our communities. Um, and so that has been my blessing. I'm encouraging others to do it. Sean, I don't know how to do it. We'll hook up with your local community leader and say, hey, how can I partner to make a difference? That's powerful that you that you spoke about uh, um, those that uh, are in your community um, are your security, your drug dealers and all are gonna make sure don't not, nothing happens uh, to your church. Um, and you've built that relationship with them because oftentimes what happens is we cut them off because they don't look like us, don't act like us. And we're fearful of what may be going on with them uh, rather than just being who we are and being confident that who we are allows us to be able to go forth because they love God. They are concerned about God. Um, they, they, they're just on a different path and we gotta, we gotta give God space and time to work. And, 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 and to be able to get it done. And then I hear you talking uh, about another subset of that healing ministry. See, we, we've, we've only seen it from the, the laying on hands perspective and, and the, the church part, but you're talking about that level of healing, that emotional healing and that brokenness that people are gonna have to work through over a period of time. And they're not just going to get through it overnight and through one service. And I think once at some point in time, you know, the, the church did that. The church, you know, was like, okay, you come to the, to the altar and, right. and you got this word. And then when you got up, everything was supposed to be better. And then folk found out that it wasn't better. And then they started saying, oh, you know, uh, that preacher in that church, you know, did me a disservice because I'm not any better, but that's not so because we've learned and we've grown into knowing the process um, and and that God is just an agent of that process, and we gotta we gotta we gotta work through it. So um, that community building is is so significant um, in making some things happen. I know that you have been on the forefront uh, and be more trying to make things happen 
um, and going forth and, and doing things now. Um, when you look back and kind of look over things from then to now, um, you know, and, and, and your stance on social justice, um, what do you think really needs to be more reformed um, as, as far as the legislator and those persons? Because, you know, more has been a hot button for a minute. Right now, let me tell you this, and I, Lord, it's sad for me to say, but we are in our second year as the top murder capital in the United States. Wow. Wow. Top murder. We beat Chicago, St. Louis. Um, when you say top murder capital, so give me a number. You all are hitting you what normally in a year? Average, I think last year was at over 300 murders. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. All right. week, I think we had nine murders. Um, and a five year old was just shot the other day. A bullet came through the house. Wow. Um, literally, let me see. In 19, 2019, I probably did 23 murder victim services at our church. And the first person that was murdered in 2019 was actually, no, in 2020, the first murder on January 1 was a member of my church. Mm. She was stabbed. And I had given her the word of the Lord just a week prior to leave the situation of her boyfriend mm. and got killed by her boyfriend. Wow. Um, one of wow. the things that is, is very alarming to us is that we're in a community of a culture where we're killing each other over craziness. Mm. And yet we have communities that are just declining and, and, and just drifting away because they feel like there's no hope. And so what we've got to do, and one of the things I've been leveraging and over and over is police reform. It's saying, hey, how do we police our communities? How do we do ride-alongs with our officers? where pastors get out of their services and say, I'm going to ride with the police. I'm going to put my deacons to ride with the police. These are initiatives that we can do to bring the trust and bring community liaisons with our police departments to say, hey, we have great cops. I have cops in my church. And then we have dirty cops. Now, if you look up and just Google Baltimore, I mean, we've got more uh, you know, indictments when it comes to city officials. This is just a straight movie here. Uh, over and over, our mayors are being indicted or our state's attorneys, it's, it's just different things. And then we went through a period of bad cops. You just saw this last trial. One of the experts for um, the defense was uh, from Maryland who argued against that he didn't die uh, from the knee. So right. now our governor is now opening up an investigation on that doctor from 2003 to now. They just announced it last night. Wow. How many cases now that he ruled now will be questioned and persons might be in prison because of that doctor giving his, um, you know, his point of view that now is not even credible. Wow. Wow. So now listen, when, yeah. when you, um, when you, you start talking about, um, you know, situations, bad cops, good cops, and, and people who are not going for have you had a situation where you had to, you know, you, we see all the time on TV, this is where I'm going, you know, situations where the family is in turmoil and we're waiting on the, the dash cam video or whatever, okay, and it comes out and the situation is not quite what folk have been describing and you had to go and, and say to the family, look, we on the wrong side of this one. Um, we, we, we got to come at this a different way or or help them see, see the situation differently. Um, 
have you had that situation where you had to try to help a family heal when they when they really didn't have all the facts the way they needed to have them? I have not personally had that situation. I know a few colleagues that have had the only one of the things critical situations I had. I had a a member to be murdered, and um, unfortunately, it was um, but there was police involvement with wow. the police that actually stashed, you know, had uh, put drugs in the vehicle. Wow. And um, they were part of the setup because it was an internal gang situation that several of our police officers were part actually of the gang. And they needed to take the young man out. Um, but I have not had that situation, but it's so unfortunate. It happens all the time. And, uh, and, and it is scary because you never know here who's gonna be next. Wow. You never know. Uh, I have persons that have left my church and they left this city to say, hey, I want something better. And, I, and I'll tell them, and then they'll ask me, because now Charlotte here is either Charlotte or Atlanta. Bill, I'm going to Charlotte. I'm going to Charlotte. You know, thanks for leaving here. I'm going to Charlotte. I got a, a young man that I mentor. He left here. He started church in Charlotte. God, I'm getting out of Baltimore. God told me to go to Charlotte. I said, all right. Well, look what you've done. You're bringing a culture from here into Charlotte. Right. And if Charlotte is not careful, there's right. going to be a new, a, a new mindset of a culture that will bring violence. Right. And so we're on the verge of that because last year and year before last, I think they're saying this year that we're almost on target to hit another hundred. And the first time we hit a hundred um, uh, murders, we was like, Ooh, and then, you know, we got there again. So, you know, we, we got our own set of, our own set of issues and, and things going on. Let me shift gears on you. Like, um, Man, the ministry got going, you were doing well, and then all of a sudden, y'all had a fire. Yes, sir. And um, just, man, just, I mean, y'all were jumping and bumping and running. I mean, y'all were doing it. I mean, it was, it was, it was I mean, you know, and then, the, and then the fire, and then the fire hit. So help me out. Um, I'm I want you to talk a minute uh, in your leadership capacity, speaking to leaders and others, how do you overcome obstacles like that? I mean, you all, y'all were here. And then the fire just said, boom. Yeah. Um, that, that day, nine years ago, the last weekend, June, we'll never forget how devastating, man. And honestly, you, I don't want to say I took things for granted, but God, he literally blew on the ministry. He was blowing, the church is growing and it's moving. And then to get robbed, um, the Sun newspaper quoted, the church that helped the community is now robbed by the community. We had just fed 2000 persons that day before. Wow. And that morning um, I began to sh you know, scratch my head because uh, Pastor Williams, I, I don't even know how it happened, but I got the call at four o'clock this morning because I'm close with my neighbors. Now there are four neighbors in my neighborhood. They got my cell number. They're, they're my security. They watch everything on the lot. They said, <laughs> Look, if kids out there throwing ball, they get kids in. Mother, I got cameras. I can see everything. No, you need to know they playing on the lot. You know, because that's the Southern part of me too. That's blessed me to have Southern roots because right. I'm a talker, I'm, I'm a touchable person. And most of the guys up here, they're not gonna do none of that. It's like, hey, what you want? Don't ask me no questions. I'm, I'm talking to everybody in the neighborhood. So I'm hollering at them when they get on their porch. Hey, what's going on? Pat Bishop, you good? So that day they called me and they said, there's a fire. But from that fire, I never forget Bishop Walter Scott Thomas had a meeting with me and he said, don't leave this community. So then we went to the school in partnership with the local school, he said, keep your people where they can see the progress. And mm. to 
Hey, I'm, I owe Bishop Walter Scott Thomas for that information. He said, Sean, keep the people there. So when you had to see the church weekly, we were in worship, but you had to pass by the devastation. And from that, I began to preach. We're coming back stronger and greater. And the Lord then blessed us because I'm going to be honest with you, outside of pastoring, one thing that I was taught, and let me just put this on the record. I am I have two great organizations in my DNA. That's the Church of God in Christ, and that's the African Methodist Episcopal Zion Church. All right, sir. Anything that you hear about Baltimore and Greater Paradise, um, you know, they'll say I'm bougie Pentecostal. Now they'll say that, but no, it, it's because I'm ordered. So right. very business oriented. And then on the right Sunday, you'll see us run, and then on the right Sunday. They say I'm quiet as a doorknob. You know, they're like, okay, he gonna sing his hymns. He gonna sing all of that. You know, I'm a hymn guy. I'm very orderly. So you gonna talk in tongues in our church, but you ain't gonna be kicking out of them all over the place. No, 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 no. That method is in me. There's a structure to this worship experience. And so, <laughs> dog bell, dog bishop. Because dog. of my Methodist upbringing, we were taught in our quarterly conference uh, how to have forms. Right. We knew the business. So I am very business oriented. Everything still operates in my church, literally on the Amazon concept. Gotcha. So you have class leaders. I don't call mine class leaders. I just have another name for them, but right. I still have the same form. Have you checked on this? What are our accounts looking like? Those kind of things as if in my mind, I'm turning in my report. Amen. So in having that kind of business structure, I had phenomenal insurance. God blessed us outside of the church to be business oriented. And then, so therefore we could create now this new oasis, this new campus to be able to house and do the things. And from that, we had the hair salon. Of course we had the cafe, but, um, but pastor, but now that we're talking about this mental health piece, I wanna share something that I'm gonna share tomorrow morning in our church. All right. Well, tomorrow I'll make the announcement to Greater Paradise. We have partnership during this COVID-19, we were on the forefront. I'm one, I believe pastors never get behind the issue, jump in front of the issue. So when the pandemic hit, my creative mind said, get in front of it. Gotcha. So start awareness. We fed over 30 to 40,000 individuals. I made sure of that. Then I fought tooth and nail when my own city wouldn't push me. I went outside of my city, um, worked along with uh, two doctors out of Atlanta, Georgia, who were multimillionaires. They came to Baltimore and set up the COVID site. I'm the only church in the state of Maryland that has a full COVID-19 testing site that operates Tuesdays through Saturday. Wow. The only one in the city, in the state of Maryland. So from that meeting with the doctors who oversee our site, we're now in October, end of September, doing a ribbon cutting. We're now opening up the, the uh, Paradise Medical Clinic. So I'm letting the hair salon, all that go on my lower level. It will become a patient first um, type situation. Um, there's not a medical center within three to four miles in East Baltimore of my church. Wow. So now I'm just not going to preach you on Sundays, but there'll be a full medical center on our property that persons during the week can get their physical and mental, um, see a doctor, get your checkups, and also the laboratory um, that has been using our facility for COVID-19, now we will keep them on our property as well as a full operating lab where persons can go get their testing, their blood, as they're, instead of getting COVID, it'll now be a full lab operation. Because I believe church is not the same. So since it's not the same, I'm just evangelizing in a different way. Because either way, the Bible said to the thief, today you will be with me in paradise. 
Right. As my concept was getting your hair done uh, under the dryer and I could smell chemicals during the week upstairs or you can hit fried fish. Okay, now that that's done, you're still on the property of paradise. So today you'll be with me in paradise. Wow, wow. Um, congratulations on that. And I'm, I'm sure that anybody from Greater Paradise who's listening right now, they probably just jumping and running like, and, and, and they get ready to do. And so I know y'all gonna knock and buck tomorrow. Oh God, I'm yes. Sure, uh, for this right here. Uh, but this is this is who you've been though. I mean, this, this is what's so powerful about this, uh, those who God has put mantles on their lives and not about um, radical shifts and changing, but just evolving um, in the gifts and the graces. This is who you've been. So to see you continue to evolve, to meet the needs of the kingdom and to meet the needs of people. And now you don't have to send those that are in the hood across town or worry about whether they got transportation to get there, calling them an Uber, trying to finance a bus token. You know, folk can literally walk to where you are and go through the necessary paperwork and see somebody um, for the issues that they have. And if they're greater than that, I'm sure they'll do other referrals, but you've got a place for people to start right there on your property. And I think that that's just the powerful thing um, that's happening in our country and our land right now. And so kudos to you and to the ministry and just allowing yourself to continue to be authentic, Bishop, and creative, being that visionary Sean Bell that you have always been. Man, that's just a, such a powerful, powerful piece. And uh, we certainly appreciate you announcing it first right here on The Grip, man, and, and, and letting it loose and going forth. I'm just sitting here thinking about how divine this topic has been to what God is doing. It's like he never you, you had, had no idea. Up a meeting. I had no idea, man, that this is what's sure. going on. And let me just say, too, um, I can't do any of this, man, without faith. You know, wow. um, faith has been my rock. You know, um, I tell everybody the strength of paradise is Faye uh, Lomick Bell. And uh, so I know her dad over there, Mr. Roger, and all of those. Um, she's been my partner. And we made, we, we said this, I'll never forget, when we moved here, this city is so big. And I said, Faye, if we stick to our plan, God not only will make us a household name, but God will enlarge our territories. And, and I tell everybody, what you see is what you get. I... And that's the unique thing. People say, Sean, God has blessed you, man. Your head is here. I'm still the same country, Sean, that if you know me, right? Um, right. I'm, look, I'm the same person. I right. hadn't changed. I'm right. like, hey, what you see? Um, I was just thinking about somebody said, when you coming home? I said, well, when I come home, I got to stop at Shrimp Boat. Right. Then I got to go to the fish camp. I got to get cheer wine. I got to bring some liver pudding back. Um, but that's just who we are. And that's um, right. And I just love, because I believe when you're humble, God will exalt you. And I've learned, Pastor, this ain't about me. Man, God, I just say, God, use me as a vehicle that I can right. run this race and I can do. And I want to, as persons like you, and, and especially, and I'm going to just say this, because when sometimes when you leave organizations, you're not received. But ever since I've left from uh, my big brother, Bishop George Crenshaw, it's amazing, even with Bishop Darren Moore, you know, I never forget, he took one time I was somewhere, he said, let me tell you something. When you ever hear, you know you're sitting in the front. You're home. Sean, you will always be home. Wow. And when you hear that, and I can go, look, I'm trying to see how I'm getting the general conference. I got to get tested. I know before I come, I'm not a delegate, but you know I got to be at general conference. I don't miss the Amazon general conference. <laughs> you know, I, I, I got to see what y'all going to be doing. I'm on top of the news. What's happening here? But right. that's because 
I believe when you leave right with integrity, if, if the, at the end of the day, if I need to come home, I already know I can make one call and they're going to say, Sean, welcome back home. So right. it's good for even platforms like this to see you and to see everybody. And those of you in Gaston, you make sure you share this, that God is still doing some great things. And I'm just glad to be from the gas house. I'm, that's, that's right. That's right. Well, I tell you what, man, it's been exciting. And, and, and yes, uh, just, just powerful uh, individuals. Uh, and I believe uh, Bishop Battle uh, was the one that sent you to um, uh, Indian the, Hill. The, the Indian Hill. 18 years old. Right. My dad was upset. Uh, he was upset again. Uh, he said, I'm ordaining him under missionary rule. And I didn't even know what missionary rule was. And then I said, yes, Sean, now you, now let me tell you something. I don't, is Bob Johnson still alive? Or Bob he, Johnson, yes. yes. Okay, now you know, because he was the general secretary. Right. I tell anybody, the reason why I'm a successful pastor, that man gave me a fit in class. But <laughs> Bob Johnson was my conference study teacher for four years. Under He said, oh, Sean, I know who you are. Oh, Mr. Celebrity, you calm all that down. I know that black book with my eyes closed. So I tell anybody, the reason why I can pastor successfully, I can... Reverend, I know it. And I know the articles of faith and everything because of Bob Johnson. So tell him today that Sean Bell is a product of his class. Uh, but in missionary rule, man, Bishop Battle gave me that opportunity. And I'm so ever grateful. And I talk to his daughter periodically. I'm so ever grateful for him, man. And then let me say this. Who would have ever thought I did a paper on Bishop John Bryant when I was in conference studies? Wow. Who do we look up to in Methodism? And not knowing that Bishop John is Dr. Cecilia Bryant, man, they're like my parents here. And so I told Jamal, when you're there in Atlanta, I'm here in Baltimore with your parents. So, and I told him one day, I said, I wrote a paper on the neo-Pentecostal movement of the AME church. Wow. Because they were the top and to see how now it's all. So the fieriness is in my DNA, man, Methodism and Church of God in Christ. And now Bishop Sheard is in, I'm really excited. Well, I am so thankful to have you on the grip. I know we got to get out of here. You told me earlier that you had uh, signed on, that you had just finished doing some leadership retreat. I know you got some other stuff that you got to do today or just getting ready for tomorrow. I'm going to just leave the floor for your final words and we'll close it just like that today. Everybody, no matter what you're going through, and I want to say this to pastors and to those of you in the fivefold ministry, my prayer during this season as we count down to Pentecost, that God give you your fire back. Mm. God gives you a fresh wind to the business owner. Keep dreaming. If you dream it, you can have it. Don't stop because the race is not given to the swift nor to the strong, but he that endured to the end. And there is a reward coming for those of you that have been faithful. And on this other side of the door, there are three keys that you're gonna need in this next season. You're gonna need a faith key. Mm. You're gonna need a prayer key. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to go to screaming and speaking in tongues. You're going to need a praise key. Mm. These three keys are going to unlock this next season. Because wow. on the other side of this door, there are new people and there are new opportunities. Wow. And I'm looking to see you and celebrate you in your next season. I love everybody. God bless you. All right. Uh, thank you so much for hanging out with me on today, man. It's been real. And... Uh, Fam, that's what we got today right here on The Grip, man. And uh, I'm excited about it. And it's 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 awesome. And uh, we got some great stuff that's going to continue to happen. Bishop, thank you for being transparent, being open, and making that announcement. I just gonna, We're going to be praying for success with you and everything, all right? 
take care. All right, take care. Have a good one. All right, fam. I'm telling you, we are so excited to have this show. And man, we're going to do it all again next month. So keep it on lockdown right here. Yours truly, David Anthony, D Dub, senior servant leader of the great Yasimani on the The Grip on Grip podcast, gaining relevant, innovative perspectives. We'll see you next time. All right. Hold it down.